1: We want the truth, so watch Truth Wanted live Fridays at 7 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash yttw and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash calltw.
2: Wait, 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 hold, hold. So, so, sorry, everybody. I saw Kenneth and Mike and I got confused and thought this was talk heathen. Uh hey Jason, let's roll the right intro
3: this time, please. Yeah, I gotcha. Damn
2: it,
1: Greg.
0: Yeah, oh. hour. <laughs>
4: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Welcome to the Talk Heathen takeover of the Atheist Experience. It, it was a hostile takeover. All right. And I'm just gonna let you know we're at right up front. We've got Matt at a secure second location right now. And if you want to see him back in the future, you're gonna need to go subscribe to Talk Heathen. Okay, we're just gonna call it what it is. All right. And while you're at it, go subscribe to Truth Wanted, go subscribe to the nonprofits and secular sexuality.
5: And we might, we might give you your precious Matt Dillahunty back. All right. It's definitely not because. I overslept or anything like that. And that We just have to do it now. It's definitely not not those reasons at all. So don't think that by any means. Okay, look. In, in all
4: seriousness, Matt Matt's fine. Um, as far as we as far as we know, but he's feeling a little under the weather. So we're we're filling in, recovering today. Uh, we're looking forward to having Matt back here in the future. But still, like, go go subscribe to the other shows, you maniacs. With that in mind, uh, with me today, J. Mike. I want to call do? myself like K. Well,
5: yeah, we had that whole that whole. Yeah. fiasco last week. So uh, I think like the first live comment I saw was, Ooh, Jay Kenneth and Jay Mike. Cause right. Of, uh, yeah. If you, if you tuned in the last week on talkie, then we kind of like morphed in uh, the, the son and the father, so to speak. The, so, the
4: two headed monster of that's yeah. right.
5: Yeah. That, that was
4: fun. Seeing people talk about how like, there's just different versions of like the Jay Mike, like Trinity or whatever. I'm, <laughs> <laughs>
5: so. I got a kick out of it. I thought it was funny.
4: Yeah. Well, look, okay. All, all, all joking aside, we got some calls to get to. Jay, Mike, are you ready to take some calls? I'm ready. Hopping into calls right away awesome. is always glorious. Well, let's uh, let's head north first. We've got uh, Leopold up in Canada, who apparently wants to talk about hypocrisy and uh, anti-Christian sentiment from within the atheist community. Leopold,
3: what can I do for you? I uh, nice to uh, <clears throat> talk to you, Kenneth. I believe. Yeah. Um, and uh, hi, Jay. Mike. Uh, yeah, I had a question. So, um, I mean, if that's OK, if I can jump right in. <laughs> Please. Sure, Leopold. All right. Good, good. So, yeah. So my question was, um, how come that we live in um, an era where, for example, you know, um, the climate where everybody is apologetic if something goes wrong, um, you know, sensitive to others. needs. so I was wondering, given this climate, um, when is the atheist experience going to issue any apology towards the Catholic Church, perhaps for some insensitive comments?
4: You you want the atheist? You think that the atheist experience should apologize for insensitive comments to the Catholic Church? Am I am I following?
3: Yeah, yeah, because I mean I've heard that. Um, should um you know somebody make. Um, insensitive comments, like if somebody were to make, um, hypothetically, from the atheist community against the prostitutes that are referred to as quote sex workers, they would apologize. So I was wondering, I mean, when when is the atheist experience going to do the same for the Roman Catholic Church?
4: <laughs> I'm I'm wondering if maybe you can help me out. What would be an example of like an offensive comment toward the Catholic Church? Oh, like like if I were to say that the Catholic Church uh, is like an international criminal cartel that protects pedophiles, would that be an example of like a thing that would be like offensive to the Catholic church?
3: Uh, I mean, y- you're saying that hypothetically, but here's non-hypothetical things. This is from Matt Delahunty. I can't remember the date, but I have the video here that says the oh, Catholic man. church should be destroyed, meaning my religion. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one. It is time to burn down the Catholic church. And I'm talking for my religion. I'm sure the same applies to sure. Islam for Muslims. So my question was, I mean, if, if somebody were to say that a brothel were to be destroyed, OnlyFans, for example, but as a brothel, there, there would have be demands well, for a
5: policy. Hold on. What's the, so, like, so you're trying to make an analogy. I, I, I know. I, I know. I know you're not done, but I'm <laughs> going to cut you off for a second. So what, what is the analogous property that you're identifying there? Because to me, you're propping up an analogy at which we can't actually identify the property that's analogous, right? Like one that you present, yeah, so- I, I agree with. The other one, you don't, or I don't agree with and because they don't have that similar property for me to apply why I think one should be abolished versus the other.
3: Well I mean I don't know what you mean by abolished I was asking about an apology so when is that happening not to me I was, but sure. um,
5: I, I was just not not to the, me the but I was asking about
3: like the people that you've offended I mean Catholics I mean I'm not easily offended by the way so like I don't care but I was just wondering, given that um, the atheist experience is willing to apologize to quote sex workers nowadays, when can the Catholics accept their apology
4: okay so the, this is a mess out of the gate uh, uh, Leopold <laughs> I'm sorry so the what I'm wondering is so, if somebody, if something is said that that offends somebody, okay, sure. Um, there are there's, there's a range of, of of ways that we can respond here. Um, I think we need to assess why would it be mm. offensive to you for Matt to say something like he he. I mean, he's stating his opinion, right? That right. The Catholic Church should be dismantled or destroyed or burned down, frankly right. speaking. Like, why yeah. why is that offensive?
3: No, no. I, I, I would say that um, what's offensive to me is the inconsistent standard. Because Matt, for example, is known um, to uh, revile um, people who speak, even imply anything negative against prostitutes. So what I was saying is, for example, from Matthew's Twitter account, um, this is a quote. Well, for, forget, Matt,
4: forget Matt. Forget Matt. Forget Matt. Oh. Forget Matt. Hang on, sorry, sorry. Like I, I gotta, I gotta do this because this isn't the Matt Dillahunty experience. It's, it's the atheist experience, and Matt's not here. Oh. Um, so if, if we're just talking about let's let's say there's a statement, and I'll say I'll say it too. I'll say I think if we're sure. looking at an, at organizations that do more harm than good in the world, I I would also say that I think that the dismantling of the Catholic Church would be a good thing for humanity. Okay, sure. So so why? So I've now said something that may have offended you. Why should I apologize for that?
3: Well, I I wouldn't say that I want you to apologize anytime you offend me. I'm just asking why is it that certain groups, um, whether that be religious or non-religious, can expect to, um, so for example, I would have no problem, but had I made similar comments about, let's say transgenderism or the LGBT uh, pride parade, which I don't necessarily do, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be, for example, welcome at atheist experience. Were, were I, um, were I to be, um, so, an atheist. So this
5: goes back I'm, to my what I said a second ago, which is, what's the analogous, right. what's the and, analogous and, property between what you're propping up, right? Like you seem to presuppose that I can. I have this thing that you guys are trying to dismantle and talk about, right? And then there's this other thing, and right, you just right. presuppose that that's on the same playing field. My argument is that they're not. There's not an analogous property there. Yeah. What is the analogous property between the two? Because one is clearly... Well, I mean, Catholicism and, is, uh, Well, we're it,
3: talking about my identity, right? I mean, I'm a Catholic... Well,
5: hang hang on, hang on. So I, if, I if, somebody, if somebody were to say, if somebody were to
4: say, transgender people should be destroyed, it would be extremely right. easy for me to articulate why that's a problem, okay? What is wrong with that and why such a person should should v- like reconsider their entire position and probably issue an apology right. because it's a, it's, they're causing harm with their, with their words there. So what I'm asking you is I'm saying, I think that dismantling the Catholic church would probably be a good thing for humanity. What's the harm that's being done? Articulate the harm so we can wait, wait, wait. see. I mean, it's the same fine, thing that, that Mike and I are talking about. It's, 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 it's figuring out why these, these things are analogous to you.
3: Right. So it's my identity, right? For once. So I, I was und- wondering
5: wondering yeah, why you're not taking that, away your identity so I, as a, as a Catholic. Am I going to I gonna be, no, 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 to I'm going to stop able you able when you make, when you make an error in your reasoning, because it when you, you this, haven't is heard pro- sure. this is the problem I'm having. Okay. What you're doing is you're, you'll go on to something and you think it's on a, on the same level playing, playing field as the thing you're criticizing. Right. So when you say like, sure, you bring sure. this, I identify as as a Catholic me and Kenneth aren't taking that away from you and saying you can't identify as a, as a Catholic, right? We're talking about the yeah. idea which you hold and then the entailments of what the actual church itself has done and looking at the harm, right? Now there has to be an analogous property to the thing that you're propping up. You can't just merely start from the fact alone that you think it's analogous. You have to actually justify why you think it's analogous.
3: Well, I've explained to you, you're not a religious group, right? You're targeting a religious group for this... Um... Um, reason, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with that criticism. I have no problem. What I am not fine with, of course, is the double standard. That's, I guess, what really, because I don't care. I mean, it's not like I'm offended or anything, actually. I'm just saying, so personally, I find it really um, interesting.
5: Yeah, okay, so um, let, I'm going so to stop, stop you again. I I'm, I'm, should be able to talk for more
3: than 20 yeah, seconds, right? Yeah. I, I'll take you, listen,
4: you, this is what you need to do, man. Leopold, so I, I, I'll give you 20 seconds. To articulate the harm because there's a distinction, an obvious distinction between saying this organization is doing more harm than good and should probably be dismantled, and making any any statement at all that has anything to do with your individual identity. If you, if you identify as a Catholic, well, you know, have fun, knock you know, knock well, yourself out, enjoy yourself. No one's trying to take that away from you.
5: Well, I have so, so real fast, I have an issue I just want to raise in the sense that he there seems to be some like entailment of. So like, right, when I attack um, Catholicism as an organization and I see things like AIDS in Africa or I see things where there's a direct entailment on what they're teaching, right, that has direct impact, that is not analogous to somebody identifying, right, the way that you think that it's analogous because there isn't that same entailment, right? You don't have that entailment. They're not analogous. That's the whole point. Until you can get past that, I don't. I don't want you to address anything else. What is the, anal- what is the analogy that you're distinguishing? Or what is, the, what is the property that's analogous that you're distinguishing?
3: Wait, I was muted all this time. I didn't even know.
5: I, so I, I muted I you, was, yes.
3: Okay, so I want to know why you were asking me questions. I was supposed to ask you a question.
5: No, I'm asking you a question. <laughs> the, the reason is, why if the host if of the show... Were, yeah. look, look, I'm not going to let you go on to talk yeah. about something being analogous if you can't actually have a justificatory position on why it's analogous. We're not going to start from the fact alone that you think they are. You're going to have to establish that. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to 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 try.
3: Yeah, I've explained because you're offending um, a large group of people based on something they uh, identify with. So when you're, for example, making this sort of indictment against Roman Catholics, I'm fine with that, okay? As long as we can expect the same kind of treatment for others, but we don't.
5: You're begging the question again because you're assuming that they're on the same playing field. Uh, if you can get it there, then help me out. But you can't just start from the fact alone because when you make that statement, listen to what you're saying. You're making the statement that I can agree with you because it's analogous to this thing, but you're not being held to the same standard. My my objection is they're not on the same fucking standard. So please, yeah. ma- please make the case, the work you have work to do that you haven't done. If I was a teacher and you presented this to me, I would say, sit back down and do your work. You did not do it. I mean,
3: I did my work, and I'm waiting for my my answer. But you're not giving me, right? You're switching the. Um, I'm, I, I, no, no, I'm, I'm
4: stopping all, you. Listen, all, all that you're doing at this point, Please Leopold, you're so, you're, so you're you're complaining about me. you're complaining I, about this 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 alleged double standard, but not doing anything to articulate the that there even is a double standard here. Okay. Yes. I mean, you brought up sex workers. You brought up trans people. What the fuck? So, people making statements about like eradicating sex workers or trans people. Why, why is that in any way analogous to people saying that they think that the, the Catholic church as an institution, not Catholics, the Catholic
3: church should be dismantled? Yeah. So first of all, Catholic church is Catholics, so That's just a word game you're playing there. But more importantly, though, um, I never said that it's a, not a, that, that if you,
4: okay. If you, if you're going to, if you're going to play like stupid word games and not acknowledge like obvious distinctions, like the distinction between an organization and its members, okay? I, I live in a predominantly Catholic neighborhood. There's a Catholic church that's like legitimately like 100 feet over my, my shoulder right here, okay? And those people are not <laughs> in the Vatican making the decisions, all right? There's a distinction between these families in my neighborhood who go to church on Sundays and just kind of do their thing and the larger institution. And that's, that's super obvious. And we've lost the collar. Okay.
5: So, <laughs> It's, it's a really it, simple it, task. It, it's like, we're look, I'm not going to let you start from the fact alone that you think it's analogous. No, You're going to have to try. You're going to have to do something because if your criticism is that you start with the fact alone that these two things are analogous and there's some, like Kenneth said, there's some double standard. No, I just reject that you think they're analogous in any way because one does actually need to be abolished, right? And there's an example of you could use… Uh, law enforcement or things like that where there is an actual means for maybe us to reform right? what it mm. means for law enforcement. right? The difference between what you're stating is that there isn't actually thing, anything analogous to where there's harm being done to a society, where people's lives are being uh, jeopardized. It's just something thing you want to start from the fact alone that it's analogous. You have to actually demonstrate that fact. I, I mean, I'm yeah, sorry. It's, it's, if you think it's pedantic, you have to start somewhere by justifying trash. it.
4: It's, it's, you know, people in the atheist community, including Matt will stand up and people say hateful, bigoted bullshit about marginalized groups. Therefore.
5: Yeah. Well, and there's a <laughs> similar person, you know, named Canadian Catholic that has a similar argument. You guys should have a conversation with each other.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You Maybe might, you uh, might both in the agree mirror, with perhaps. every
5: single point that you ever make to each other. But yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, well, Moving all right. On. <laughs> with that
4: incredible start out of the way, uh, let me make a couple quick announcements. Um, for those who are still with us, uh, the Atheist Experience is a, uh, is a production of the Atheist Community of Austin, which is a 501c3 charitable organization that is all about the promotion of positive atheism and the separation of religion and government. If that sounds like something that you would like to support, you can support the ACA. There's a few ways you can do that. All right. You can become a member. If you're watching this video on YouTube, you can look down there and click. There's a join button. I love our crew. Look at these guys. They're on top of everything. Uh, you can also <laughs> support us on Patreon after you've clicked that join button. You can find us at patreon.com slash the atheist experience. Um, we have a channel also. If you're not watching, if you like to get your, your content in, in audio form, we have a channel that houses all of the shows of the ACA in podcast form, visit tiny.cc slash AEN podcasts. I don't know why you would do that this week when you can, you know, look at J Mike, you know, on the video, but, uh, you know, I don't know what you guys do out there in, in podcast land. Too much
5: hair. So then they have an option. It is a lot of hair. It's what, it's it what, is what a lot I always go with. Yeah. Too much um, <laughs> especially if it's like me and Christy, it's like, that's <laughs> way too much hair. That, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's quite a duo. I'm Apparently just, just visualizing Nate, it. Me and Nate wasn't enough hair, which is why like the power somehow got you okay. know, manipulated, you know? Okay. So there's, right. there's a balance somewhere in between. People
4: in the chat can argue about what the optimal level of host hair ratio is. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of you can become a part of the atheist experience community in our fan run Facebook page. You can find us on facebook.com slash groups slash A X P F G. In addition, we have a private fan group that you can be that can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash AXP P F G. Um, all right. If you want to continue this discussion after the show, if you just can't get enough of us, you can hang out with us at ACD, our fan run Discord server at tiny.cc slash ACA Discord. Both Mike and myself will be on there afterward, taking additional questions, hanging out. Um, and be sure to go check out our other ACA shows. As I mentioned at the top of the the broadcast here, truth, wanted secular sexuality, talk heathen and the nonprofits, which the nonprofits is really, really close to getting to 10,000 subscribers. They're, they're like really close. So if you are so inclined, go check them out. It's like
5: 9.96. It's, it's it's, yeah, you you can change. Everybody can change this right now. You have the power to change it.
4: That's right. Just be, be the change (laughs) you wish to see in. The nonprofit's uh, subscriber count, as Gandhi said.
5: Um, so all you're right, double duty on the ACD today. Yeah, yeah,
4: went there, came out, came back. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good, it's a good place to hang. Um, all right, let's move on to some more callers here, Mo callers. We've got uh, it's an interesting name, Mister Warlight in Arkansas wants to talk. Boot uh, wants to challenge the host. It says with thoughts on spirituality. Um, Mr. Warlight, what can we do for you? Hey, this is Mr. Warlight. Hey, uh,
1: I, w- I watch this show quite a bit. You know, um, I'm I'm kind of a fan, you know. But um, I would say that spirituality needs to be embraced more. I would say um, agnosticism is more rational a more rational approach than either atheism or any religion. <clears throat>
4: And, uh, do me a favor before yeah. you keep going. Just do me. I, I need you to throw a couple definitions on the table. I need to know what you mean by spirituality and what you mean by agnosticism. I concur. Agnosticism. Um, agnosticism is the rejection.
1: It's not a rejection of anything. It's basically. It's basically a a mindset. It's like uh, okay. It's like you don't believe that there isn't a god, but you don't believe that there is a god. Uh, atheism is basically. You don't believe that there's a God, and then any religion basically believes that there's a, either a God or a spiritual aspect. I believe the atheists, agnostics could even be religious. Like, they could be Buddhists, uh, they can be um, Jainists, anything like that, Taoists, okay. basically yeah, so, anything so, like so, that. But I believe uh, spirituality is important because it, there's nothing that disproves.
5: Well, what is spirituality? spirituality? Hold on. When it's, you say spirituality is important... I don't know what that means and if you're saying it's important then it's important for me to know what you mean by spirituality
1: okay i believe that it needs to be studied more there's nothing that really disproves anything uh, spiritual well, no, so,
5: i'm sorry I, i'm not trying to be rude i just, yeah, I, I just slow wanna, down, man. yeah i just want to know what the definition of spirituality is well let me see and not like a google one Control. what you mean by it because right when you already gave atheists and I don't agree with your definition of atheist necessarily. I I mean something different. So we're already on a rocky standpoint. But, I yeah. would, but first, before we get there, I want to know what you mean by spirituality.
4: Okay. uh Oh, Mr. Warlight, speak up. We're uh, we're struggling we're, with the uh, the audio feed here. We maybe get
5: him in the queue. We can get him back in. Hopefully, if he comes back. But yeah, I, I want to make queue. a point real fast. Is that I was a spiritualist. I came out of that, uh, and it's not the same meaning that New Age spiritualists use it today necessarily. Uh, So there's a lot of different definitions. I'm under the assumption that I don't think anybody's uh, proposed an actually or a universal definition of of spiritualism. It seems to be like just something in accordance with appeals to emotion. That's all I ever Mm -hmm. hear is that I have some appeals to emotion and I want to attach something to it that's beyond like the natural world. And I don't to me, I don't know. Like that might have methodological utility to you, but I don't know what like the actual epistemic justification is. And so if you actually def- like analytically define what spiritualism is, we can we can actually explore that and see if it's something either rooted in reality or rooted in imagination. And I'm under the assumption that I think it's rooted under imagination. But hopefully we can get them back on.
4: Yeah. I mean,
5: it looks like the call has has dropped. I don't know.
4: If they're trying to get him back, uh, oh, listen, hey, Mister Warlight, if you're if you're around, call back. Um, if you're still listening, we we want to engage with your with your call here. Um, well, that's a missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, it, spirituality tends to be used, in my experience, as this just umbrella catch-all term to describe a set of experiences um, without providing any really clear definition. Um, so, anyway, let's uh, let's move on. We've got Tim in Tennessee. Uh, Tim in Tennessee says you get confused. Hey, uh, hey guys. Yeah, Thanks between knowledge, belief, um, burden of proof, how they interact with each other. Let's, let's, let's unpack some of this stuff.
6: Yeah, um, there's two scenarios, and they're really, really quick ones that I guess I kind of get confused on. I think this topic to me is confusing in general. Um, but, but the two scenarios that I think about a lot that I would just love to hear your thoughts on, is um, the first one is if you have two theists, one who says, I know there is a God, and one who says, I believe in God, do they have the same burden of proof, and then why are I not? And then to kind of go to the other one, just so you can kind of get where my confusion might be, um, one thing I hear all the time from the hosts of the show is not that they say there is no God, but I'm not convinced. But then I also hear things like, um, but I'm like 90 plus percent sure that there isn't one so i i'd actually know well what if you had like an atheist like that and a christian who says well i believe in god but i'm only like 70 percent sure uh how does the burden proof work in that scenario and I, I probably my confusion here probably comes from not fully understanding the topic of knowledge and belief and how they relate mm-hmm. together so mm-hmm. yeah i love to hear his thoughts on those scenarios um and uh on this topic in general
4: so I, I tend to be a JTB guy, my, I, should
5: I just dive in with that and maybe we can pick goals yeah, in so, that? Yeah. I think the JTB thing's a good thing. And I just want to make a point to people that are into philosophy. We're going to set what are called Gettier cases aside. Cause that's makes everything really yeah. sticky really quickly. Yeah.
4: So I, I found it useful when I was thinking about this stuff. Um, so you'll, you'll hear a lot of folks say that knowledge is a subset of belief. Okay. So, um, Belief is just, is just the state of being convinced that something is the case, right? So if we're talking about belief, I mean, you can, you can believe all kinds of shit. It doesn't necessarily rise to the level of knowledge. For something to be counted as knowledge, uh, you'll hear people talk about justified true belief or JTB, all right? Now we've got some conditions, okay? Uh, for a belief to count as knowledge, it has to be justified, okay? there has to be some something there to support this belief uh, as being true, all right. You'll hear us talk about true being that it which is, is consistent with or that which corresponds with reality. All right. And then you have to be convinced it's true. So when you get these elements coming together, you've got something that we can, you know, describe as as knowledge. So not merely belief, belief that is justified, true, and, and you believe it. Does that help at all?
6: Yeah. No, I think so. Um okay. Yeah, I, I don't believe I think I saw that. Um, regarding,
4: regarding the question about burden of proof though. So taking it to that next step. All right. Yeah. If you've got two theists, one says, I believe, I don't know. We'll say, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. The other one says, no, I know Jesus rose from the dead. They're both taking the position that the proposition Jesus rose from the dead is true. They're both convinced of it. Okay. So if they're making that claim, if they're saying Jesus rose from the dead, then they would have an equal burden of proof.
6: Okay. So, so the, like, the confidence level, yeah, so I guess I was thinking, maybe, you know, before it was like, well, the burden of evidence may vary depending on how, how confident you're trying to get someone to, right? So, if mm-hmm. someone was trying to get someone to the point of saying, no, like, this is a fact that I'll should accept except the person, like, this is something that I've been convinced by, um, that even though that confidence level between these two people is, is pretty different um the, the the burden is still the same that's kind of helping what you're saying right yeah I don't
4: know I don't know if the confidence level is different like, like what is the the confidence level that's required for someone to be
5: convinced I think you're either convinced or you're not you know yeah, i'm I mean, on a, I'm on an aspect of that you're regard if you just take the proposition to be true um your confidence level to me is irrelevant like the claim has a burden of proof this okay. whether or not the state of affairs is is actually the state of affairs that that requires a burden of proof. I don't care if you're like, if you're like, I'm 1% confident that you know JFK is gonna come back or something or whatever it might be, right? (laughs) Like it it doesn't matter. Like if you think that there's 1% chance, like I want to know what it is that you think justifies you even having any uh shift of confidence to that. Yeah. Even if you're saying something like JFK might
4: come back. Well that's 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 a claim. We have to to be like, well why do you think that's possible?
5: It implies there's something justificatory for you to 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 hold the belief.
6: Okay, I'll, I'll think about that more, and I'll the answer like the the atheist versus Christian one because I'll say it, it, even though that the the atheist there might say go to a higher degree, there's you that person is still in this spot of saying I'm not making a position here. And that that's why it was still switch over to the, the theist for the burden, right? Well, I
4: mean, it, it's less about the, what position someone holds and more about what their posture is. So if if you encounter an atheist who's like I I'm convinced there's no god. I believe there is no god. They have adopted a burden of proof. They you you'd, you'd want to ask them why, you know, and let them let them explain it. Okay. Um you'll but you'll run into some other stuff. I mean, it, it, like if someone was to tell me that they believed in a god that was perfectly just and perfectly merciful, I would say that's a contradiction. I I don't I don't think that can exist. That 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 strikes me as being impossible. Mm-hmm. So there I would go because of this, because that is necessarily contradictory. Uh, I, I would say that God doesn't exist because it can't. Yeah. So that that's where there would be a distinction. But it, but again, I'd be adopting the burden of proof when the instant that I say I'm convinced such a God can't exist, I would have to show my work.
5: Yeah. And I actually like, I take a burden of proof on some of that, right? Like Thomists that I talk to, they take a position that God is pure act and we don't have to get into the whole nuances of like, potentiality and and actuality and all that. But the point to me is that when you say that God is pure act, it means that he could only create the world in one way. It implies something called necessitarianism, which is the idea that the world could only be one way, which I think is self-defeating, right? So I could then make the inference from those rules to say, okay, well, if it implies necessitarianism, then that God does not exist because necessitarianism results in uh, what you call modal collapse and, you just don't want that. I mean, some people might argue against it, but for me, I'm going to adopt the burden of proof on that specific God or that specific analytic definition, because I can actually show why it's, it's just not yeah. coherent. Uh, yeah, not even just not coherent, to game, it's contradictory here. to believe in. Right. So yeah, I yeah, mean, Kenneth had a right. conversation about this before the show. It's just, you're going to have to supply something when someone goes like, well, you can't prove that some, um, you know, like maybe some definition of God we've never heard of doesn't exist. It's like, well, yeah, i i can't possibly know what you haven't analytically defined to me right but yeah. you know i'm not going to make the statement that the, the proposition god doesn't exist is isn't it's in and of itself a contradiction i'm not going to make uh those types of claims but i can't adopt a burden of proof um on christianity for example i will take that burden of proof but um just depends on what god we're talking about from my perspective gotcha. Yep. okay yeah so I'll, I'll think about that more, and that's that's really all I had I just, it, it's
6: always been something that's like, well, this is interesting like and so i um i i, I know I've watched Matt Conte's video on it before, and it was confusing to me, <laughs> but I, I think the way you guys kind of broke it down was helpful so so thanks and i'll have to, I'll think about that more and just kind of you know, that, well, how that impacts me so
5: thanks guys well, uh, I want to ask you one more thing because this goes into a thing about atheism and agnosticism and that whole kind of I believe agnosticism is lacking, you know, the belief, and some atheists are gonna take a definition like that. My thing is, doesn't it really just matter what we mean by whatever utterance we say? Because really it's just some grunt we make, but doesn't it like focusing on like what you mean by this is fine, right? But it seems like when you come down to it, rather than playing a semantic game, I'd rather just know what you mean. If someone goes, Well, I think you're an agnostic, J. Mike, and I'm like, Well, no, I'm an atheist, like that's fine. They can take that position, right? But I'm gonna let them know. <laughs> Until you, until you like really give me an argument or something like that for the god you believe in or define it, um, that's that's what's going to predicate my uh where I shift the burden of proof onto myself, and I'm okay with taking that. Yeah, um, you know, we could we could your run God's this, a
4: squared circle. I don't believe in it. Right. You we know? could run this in yeah. Your God's a married bachelor. We, we could run this in real time because Tim, you're a theist, right? Correct. So. So you want I mean, to yeah. you want to talk about it? I um, mean like like what do you believe in why? It's yeah. what we do
6: here. You know, um I I have this kind of goes into why I, I had the question that I asked you guys. Um if you know if you know the name like John Liddick, he was influenced by a lot by C.S. Lewis. I have been interested in how they have talked about God and a lot of their arguments, um, you guys have friends show it tons of times, and that's why I wasn't sure I wanted to use them right away, but you know, there, there are things like um there, there are things like here are here are different things that we look at nature, right so the fact that things exist, the fact that consciousness has risen, uh, the fact that and this is probably a more of a complicated debate, but like there seems to be the fact that humans evolved either either spiritually and or suspicious of things um, and so there's this puzzlingness to why is it that everything. Seems to either appear. I, I think even Richard Dawkins has, has used the quote: "Nature is not designed; just appears to be designed." But then I, could, you know, I've heard these guys kind of go, "Okay, but then why? Why does it appear that way?" So
2: uh, this probably well, goes
6: yeah, because, to, well,
5: because it, it's going to be ad hoc, yeah. right? Like yeah. to to make that point to say, like you just look at the situation and go, "Well, look at this," but but not realizing like the best odds of survival or reproduction in an environment or adaptation mm-hmm. or these types of things. Like right, like we can look at um uh diffusion of gas or snowflakes, right. That seem to have this like ordered complex type of thing, but not knowing the cause of it and why it's that way. Right. Like if you're going to just assume it's ordered and I make this conclusion that anything ordered must have an intelligent designer or whatever. I mean, the fact that you can posit an ad hoc perspective is we can do that, that we can view that as a hypothesis, (laughs) but I don't know why we would do that in lieu of ignorance of the actual facts that could get us because right um, what i'm gonna ask is like i don't see the logical contradiction of order absent a god i don't see the or or the fact that we look at something like adaptation and then we go after the fact like wow these things are adapt like right it just presumably seems that way when you try to account for the data uh in that way as opposed Mm to um kind of starting epistemically from the ground up without any presuppositions or assumptions right
6: right you know and so these are these are you know topics I would have to think more about. But I, I think I went to, to my initial kind of you know conversation starter. Um, these kind of arguments, and I, 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 you guys have heard these forever. <laughs> um, they're they're at some level. I, I, I can use sit here and admit at some level, not the world's greatest argument, and that's that's why I was kind of this idea. Well, I find them still at, for some reason semi convincing. That's why I would say, well, I do believe, but I also sit there and go. I know there's a problem here with some of these arguments, so I, am, I have been convinced by them. Whether or not I can choose that or not, I, I, I have. Um, but then at the same time, I also go, but I also think that there's a lot of room for error with these arguments. And that's why that, – yeah, because that kind of goes into what we just talked about in – um, sure. So, I but you would so. agree
5: like that you're, you're the way you kind of interpret these things, like from your own mental state, right. Is not actually like indicative of what the state of affairs could be, right. Like there's going to be an independent mechanism or methodology for that. Correct. Like you would, you would, you would agree not bogging down on like, oh, it kind of appears this way that might get in the way of whatever the methodology is that doesn't oh. account for those types of biases. Right. I, do you understand the point I'm trying to make? Um, um let me, let me try to the way I understood it was maybe maybe that's
6: not the point you're making, but uh, the last like, thing I heard was, you know, if you, if you put the God claim there, you might stop from getting other other possible true answers. Is that well, what are kind of going or with?
4: Or you can you can fall victim to things like confirmation bias, where your your interpretation oh, yeah. Yeah. of the data can be influenced heavily by, you know, your your preconceived mm. notions or biases, right? Um yeah. I It it sounded to me a minute ago, like you, you said that you need to think about this stuff more and I would never in a million years discourage somebody from thinking about this stuff more, but it always sort of drives me nuts when people say that when I, when I want to talk to them about what they believe in, why, because as of right now, you, you are convinced that a set of propositions related to like a God belief are true. Um, and something got you there. So there's a, I mean, if we take a snapshot of where you're at right now and whether or not you have good reasons to believe what you believe, um, there's a conversation there that can be had no matter how sophisticated your knowledge is of all these different arguments. Sure. Um, sure. I, I, I constantly find myself engaging with people and wishing that they would just do that and just take that snapshot and, and do sort of a, a self-inventory and go, well, do I have good reasons yeah. for believing what I believe? And if not, to, to adjust accordingly. Um, because the the longer that you hold on to a belief that may not be justified and then go searching for ways to justify it, the more you're just letting yourself stay susceptible to things like confirmation bias, motivated reasoning. And it becomes, I think even harder and harder to, uh, to get closer to just following the evidence where it leads.
5: Yeah. Because Um, you can just separate what you're, you can kind of pause it this way, right? We need to separate yeah. what I'm convinced um, of versus if, actually what's just, justificatory or exactly. has justification sure. for it, right? If you if, if you can, if we want do that, that's a, the most honest if approach. Want, sure. um, and again, you know, the other thing
6: that if we want to talk about something I've been thinking about honestly just over the past week or two, um, I'm not going to be super great at defending it because, like I said, it's kind of a new thought. But something I I've been kind of thinking about over a week or two has been why is it uh, that humans are Religious to begin with, you know. If we went back in time to when religion and spirituality first started, you know, I know you guys had that talk. What is spirituality? But you know, if we went back, you know, to start of religion, um I, I'd be interested to know what you guys think about why it started. Because to me, it seems I, I, I do believe in evolution and stuff, so I I don't know if I see anything.
5: Is it advantageous? Animals. Is it? Is it? Let me ask you: Is it advantageous to? This is an example I think is brought up on the show a lot. But is it not advantageous? To run away from a potential uh, noise in the bush, given that your traits will actually be passed on, as opposed to investigating what you think is causal agent or um, is agency within the within the bush, right? It seems that the person that might go there and gets mauled by the lion, well, there's no there's no passing on of the traits, but the one that right. that that, you, that assumes some type of agent causation um, does pass that on. So, it, to me, I don't see the logical contradiction in that being applicable for uh, for a type of naturalism or what, what Mike's
4: pointing to here is, is there, there's a, a, a sort of misconception people have of thinking that oh. our brains are like optimized to be reasonable, that, that what was selected for was, you know, being yeah. rational. But it, it, if you've got two, you know, sort of prehistoric, you know, pre-human, beings right our ancestors you know moseying in their way through the jungle and one sees the bush rustling and is like oh shit it's a ghost and runs off and the other one goes ah, i'm gonna wait and see you know let's 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 <laughs> i don't want to jump to a wrong conclusion sure. here you know who's yeah. going to survive and pass yeah. on their genes
5: right yeah so we're i mean we're wired oh. to be superstitious fearful yeah. stupid creatures yeah and and like my that's a bigger point to say is like i don't know what it is about uh, looking towards a natural fact to like that somehow logically inferring, um, say like a God behind it, as opposed to having a rival theory of, uh, of, of just natural m- m- mechanics. Cause it seems to be underdetermined unless you can actually establish uh, something that separates it like a novel prediction. If you can show that like, Hey, well we posit God as the explanatory scope and it's more virtuous, but it would, you know, it'd be more virtuous, um, because of some novel fact that separates the naturalistic theory Um, and when we actually look at the data we don't need that extra ontology of god we don't need to posit that it it never adds anything to the theory that we haven't already figured out absent uh, the assumption
4: yeah and and to sort of circle back to your question about you know the origins of religions i mean look religions religions serve purposes um you know if you're if you're Living, you know, millennia ago and you're, you, you don't know anything about the world. You know, you probably haven't traveled more than a couple miles from where you were born and, and, and the, you know, the lightning is scary and the night's scary and there's noises in the, in the dark and, you know, you're scared to die and illness is happening. You don't understand what's going on. You don't know what infections are. You don't know what germs are. So to try to make sense of it all, you know, it, and, and to create, you know, social cohesion, it made sense for for people to invent myths and to rally around them as as tribal groups. I mean, it's you know it's it's part of our history. Um, yeah. You know, it, like it's been said that that religions were our first. It was like a precursor to something like philosophy, in the same way that al- alchemy would be a precursor to something more useful like chemistry, right? You know, astrology, you know, coming before astronomy. These types of things. So um, yeah, yeah, it's Don't it's think- vestiges of our of our primitive minds.
6: Sure. Something you said, though, that um, you had mentioned, you know, if you're living in this, in you know, the small community, right, and you're not, you're not exposed to the world, but I guess that's sort of where I, I find the origin thing still so interesting, though, because um, these early, early religions across the globe seem, seem to, I could be wrong, but they seem to me to be, they have a lot of things in common, even though they are very isolated. I mean, there are, there's differences, of course. I mean, yeah, uh, but like, I go, you know, you guys would say, right? They all have some kind of flood myth. They all, they all have. Many of them have a story about a dying god. And I sit there and go, okay, well, they all do this. And okay, there might be some some evolutionary explanation. But then, even if we can explain it that way, why why does evolution why did evolution create that in the first place?
4: Well, evolution wouldn't have created that stuff. Evolution wouldn't have created that stuff. But if we talk about things like religions, um, you know, a lot of religions having flood myths, well, where did people live? People live near bodies of water because we kind of need water. And, and, you know, when you live by yeah. a river, you know, I mean, but, rivers flood, you know, when you talk about things like, like, you yeah. know, myths around, around dying gods, people are afraid of death. People are still afraid of death. So the common denominator in all of this I stuff think, think is human
5: experience, is yeah. human beings, we do this and we do this with morality, right? Like like, real, real fast. And we do this with morality, like, right. We find a common shared experience of desires and intentional states that what we prefer, what we don't prefer. And people now make this extra assumption and they're like, maybe there's this mind independent fact that makes morality objective. Right. But it's some extra assumption we don't Mm -hmm. need. We can just recognize like, well, here's the commonality, Mm -hmm. but you're not going to say commonality Therefore, you know, it's true or there's some true thing to it. It's just that we can probably point to, um, in -hmm. the case of morality, for example, that we just have similar desires and what it's like to be an agent and to experience pain and these types of things. Does it elucidate some independent like reason or some new thing we should use to explain it? I think the God thing is the same thing or spirituality or whatever you posit there. Like you have that work still has to be done on its own, from my perspective, not merely... Pointing out a trend and then inferring, because yeah. my next question is what's the logical, what, what are the inference rules? Because I don't know that that is valid of an inference rule from for my perspective. Yeah. So, um,
2: so, so what I
5: just want to say the reason why I use the evolution
6: word, it might be the wrong phrase to use there, but uh, I, I was more kind of thinking about, oh, like, you, you kind of said it, right? Like they all, all these people, they, you know, they all live near water, but then psychologically, they all, understood to make this a story. So I don't know why it should be the that's evolution. That might've been the wrong word to use, but, um, yeah. uh, to your current question, sorry, could you rephrase that for me?
5: Which <laughs> one, yeah. which, which question, Kenneth's? Or... Uh, the last
6: one. I think that was think, you, Jay, Mike, uh, and, uh, and
5: well, we're going to, th- this will
4: be, we'll, we'll have to end the call after this. So let's, let's, let's put a tidy little bow on sure. this so we can yeah. move on to this some other callers.
5: Kind of came to the top of my head. So, yeah. I mean, there might, there could be errors with it, but, um, my point, I guess, was debt there's no inference rule from commonality to like um, what the, what the common property is between the things you're looking at, like the civilizations having these kind of common beliefs and things like that, or the world, world floods, or th- that, that it's indicative that a world flood actually happened. Um, it could just be indicative of that. there, like Kenneth said, there's this local flood because that happens and there's a common property there. It doesn't extrapolate to that inference rule. Therefore there's a global flood the same way to me, the fact that we have common desires or intentional states or what, what I prefer you know, to be done to me doesn't like it. that does, in and of itself. When we go, there's a commonality between all agents that they want to be treated this way that we can infer some mind independent, like mor- moral ought out in the world somewhere that we should be in accord with. Yeah. Right. The, the, the whole idea is that it's not a valid inference from my perspective to, to just infer that. Um, it seems to be like okay. if you listed these out in premises that the structure would be invalid. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
6: All, right, cool. all right. All right. So I'll let, I'll let you guys keep going uh, to your next guy. Th- thank you both. These are things I definitely need to think about. It's, you guys went through it. This is, a this is, uh, when you are a theist and you're still, you are gently trying to work through these questions. They're, they're rough to go through and you're like, okay, well, what? Sure. You know, you, you just try to hit a different angle. So I, I appreciate
5: the call, guys. Well, I, I, I yeah. appreciate your honesty, Tim, and, and how cordial you've been and understanding and listening. And sorry if me or Kenneth kind of bulldozed over. Oh, you're good. Uh, uh, But, yeah. but, sure. but you know, totally I just wanted good. to, wanted to totally appreciate good. how, how, uh, how open you are, because yeah. that's something that I that I always want to recognize from a theist. Uh, yeah, you're going about it in the right way. I, I mean, and and uh, earlier on, on talk, heathen then I talked about
4: how, like, the goal of all of us, I mean, our, our goal isn't to, like, convert people to atheism or to knock them off of their religious beliefs. Our goal is to exercise our critical thinking skills and, you know, believe true things and not believe false things. So as long as we're engaged in that process, you know, we're doing good work. So Yeah. I hope you call back in the future. Uh, Have a great week. Um, I want to uh, issue yet another, uh, you know, I'd I'd like to get that Mr. Warlight guy back on. Um, Me too. That was, uh, yeah, that
5: was- That could have been going somewhere interesting.
4: So I I really hope they call back in. Um, We've got room. So um, look, I've got breaking news. You magnificent people have done it. Nonprofits hit 10 Thousand subscribers. So thank you. Um, and I think we can say that it was because of me and J Mike. So yeah. for future all reference, when 10, people in nonprofits are talking about it, it can be like maybe like a thanks, Kenneth and J Mike, for making it happen, uh, yeah. along with all of you, of course, as well, who actually did the work of <laughs> subscribing. Yeah, we um, take credit for all 10,000. So. That is correct. We're going to celebrate this momentous occasion uh, by rolling a promo. Yeah, it's a generally good idea to not just go up and tug on anybody's tail under any circumstances, but uh, in particular, if that tail is connected to somebody's rectum,
3: you could be doing some damage. Then you're probably going to get the first bit of life, and then when those bits of life interact with other bits of life, new bits of life happen, and then suddenly,
4: you got people, and the internet, and JFK conspiracies, and all kinds of stuff. Dude, we gotta get we gotta get our TV show picked up by Netflix. Like, what do we do? What do we add? Like, let's let's like impregnate people with parasitic eggs. Michael uh, wants to talk about how to talk about. to theists. I'm sticking your language, right, Nate? With the boot, right? That's uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's you just, bet it's just bud. Cultural sensitivity. I can summarize that, which is hey, I think you're really cool, Matt. I don't think you've had a good conversation with a really smart theist, but I'm a really smart theist and Sam Harris agrees with this point that I made and somebody else agrees with this point that I made. So let me point out how science actually presupposes the existence of God and that philosophical naturalism, which I know you don't hold to, which is irrelevant to this.
3: I mean, you just keep going and going and going. Try decaf, first of all.
4: (laughs) Great. (laughs) Man, listen, Matt needs to go into that like extra chipmunk gear more often on the show um, cram more content into a shorter show. Just, just a, just a thought. Um, yeah. So keep, keep tuning into those shows, folks. We've got more callers. I want to, you know, reiterate what we always talk about. Theists get priority. Okay. So we do have, we have some theists, we got some atheists on the line, but if you're a theist, we want you to call in. If you're a theist and we dropped your call earlier, call, call back in. Come on. We're here for you. Um, this one I am, I'm psyched about, uh, because the, this call screening thing is giving me just something juicy to dig into. We've got Alvin in North Carolina who wants to talk about how it is probable that the Bible is true. Is that what you want to talk about, Alvin? Uh, yes.
2: Uh, an analogy would be if you, uh, rolled a hundred snake eyes in a row, but you determined scientifically that there was nothing unusual. They weren't, they weren't trick dice. They weren't magnets or nothing like that. How would you explain that? How would I? Okay. So if I, if I rolled a hundred snake eyes in a
4: roll with unloaded dice, how would I explain that? Um, well, okay. I, my, my immediate gut reaction is to go, that's weird. And to go, I don't know why that happened. (laughs) Um, my, my mind would start going to, well, maybe there's something going on here that, I don't know. Maybe the dice are loaded in a way that I, that I don't understand. You know, I, there would be, there would be a gap in my knowledge
5: where I would have to shove a big fat. I don't know. Yeah. I don't see the logical contradiction that they couldn't do that. Yeah. It'd be weird. It'd be well, spooky. And my, spooky. My, well, my my other question is like for, in order for this to be analogous, what is the, what it, in yeah. reference to what you think is a hundred snake eye rolls? What is that for, for your belief? For the Bible. Oh, okay, Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay, well, in the, in the Bible, there's a there's a theory. Uh, it's called the theory of biblical In fact, that's the URL. The URL it's is in the
5: Bible.
2: Patterns, and no, I just gave you the URL of the theory, the theory of biblical and it's 100 patterns in the very first birth of the Bible that are significantly beyond chance. Alvin,
4: uh, is this is this your, your website? Uh, website. <laughs>
2: Yes, it's my website. It's my thing. Oh okay. Gosh. I'll tell you what.
4: Rather than Jesus. now, you've gotten you've gotten your URL out there for the world. Uh. So, rather than continue to plug the website, let's let's actually talk about the substance of this of what you're talking about. So, it's unless I misheard you, did you say there are a hundred patterns in the first verse of the Bible? Yes. Yes. Um.
2: Okay. I, I can I you give me one? Several times in the past.
4: Well, you now, me, now you're talking yeah. to us. Can you give me? Can you give me one?
2: Uh, well, uh, well. For example, if you take the letters times the product of the letters over the words times the product of the words, you get pi to five significant digits. And if you do the same thing with the equivalent verse in the New Testament, you get e to five. The, five yeah, num- numbers are, take- are
5: no, no, hold on. All there's no prescriptive meaning there, so mm-hmm. that, I'm just going to reject that. I don't. I don't. Like the conspiracy okay. aspect of like doing do, Well, hang on. It we got to
4: Alvin. Do you understand what Mike means by a prescriptive meaning?
2: Yeah. I, I mean, you, you can look at the website and see, see the no, math. No, no, we're, we're done with the website. Uh-huh. We're done. With yeah, we're, website. we're just talking we're to you. At, we're, we're, just, we're just going to deal with the merits of okay, the claims themselves. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure your website's going to get some traffic
4: off of this. Okay. So don't worry about the website. Just, just let's talk about the ideas.
2: Okay. Okay. For that equation and all its related patterns. Just, this is just one of a hundred. It's like mm-hmm. a train, 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 train to one that those could occur by chance.
4: Are you, are you doing these, this addition and these math problems with the English language translation of the Bible? No, Hebrew. With Hebrew. Does it work in English?
2: No, it wouldn't work in English. I mean, I does, it work, it. I mean, does it work in any no, other yet. languages? No, oh. it, you have to use the original Hebrew because that's the inspired
4: word of God. Could we do? Could we do something similar with other books that have nothing to do with,
2: you know, spirituality?
4: Yeah, find, I, I, find I, I, passages in other books.
2: Yes, I've I've looked at. Well, I have a standard set of like twenty million uh, sentences, and I've tried the like the hundred patterns, and the you don't get past about the tenth or twelfth one in these twenty million sentences. Yeah, okay, I, I, so what's? Sorry, go ahead, Ken. Let's 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 OK, so let's say that you have
4: identified like a the Genesis 1, 1 and some New Testament verse. And there appears to be this this uh, this correlation between their sort of mathematical properties. What does that tell us about anything?
2: Well, that proves that proves that a higher intelligence had to have written Genesis 1, 1. Now, it could have been. Wait, not- wait, 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 why? Why on earth would it prove that? Why on earth would it prove that? Because just like rolling a 100 snake eyes, if they're not trick dice, there had to be something supernatural occurring.
5: I, I, I mean, have something – hold on. I have something ahead. worse than that. Let's grant it, right? Let's just grant it. It can't be done without an intelligent designer. That doesn't get you to that God is that intelligent designer. Could it not still be consistent with deception that somebody is deceiving you, it, especially something intelligent? I don't know. Uh, I, don't, I don't know why aliens wouldn't no, be I, intelligently de- deceiving you in that. Like, what? Where's the contradiction in that, as opposed to a god?
2: Well, th- I prove that it could not have been an extraterrestrial from, you know, another planet because the the uh, patterns of Genesis one one are in the universal constants. I show that all over the place.
5: What does that? So what does that have to? What does that have to do? What does that have like to do with beings in a, inside the universe? Yeah. That, How, does that is, my is, do How does that negate it my? criticism? How does that negate
2: my? criticism? proves that the person that it proves that the person that wrote Genesis 1-1 had to have created a universal constant.
4: It does no such thing, Alvin. Let me ask you this. Let me just really quick. Okay, I, I really want to try to to, to break this down like as, as simply as I possibly can and not overcomplicate it. What's the verse in the New Testament that, that matches Genesis 1-1 in this way? John 1-1. John 1-1. Okay. Um,
2: do any other verses in the Bible do this? I haven't looked at any other verses, but there, a lot of other people have found a lot of patterns in a lot of verses.
4: Come on, man is this is this serious? Yes, I'm serious. So okay, so you've got the number of letters in a verse matches up mathematically in some way with the number of letters in some other random ass verse, and you think that this is
2: is evidence of some intelligence? The, the mathematics is a train, 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 train to one. So what? If you take all the patterns associated with it. Right and still, so what? I,
5: I don't even think that your assessment of that is right. Even because if it I, is,
4: so so what, Alvin? So what? Get get me past so what? Because it's improbable. So what? We're stuck at so what. Well, help me get me get me past so what,
5: man. If, how does okay. I just don't get how improbability was, gets to the fact that what you assume is the is uh, in accord with God's utterances actually is that case and not of deception. I don't get how that where that flows.
4: Yeah, but what, what is the improbable? Yeah, I mean, it's improbable for someone to win the lottery. It's improbable that that my ass was going to be the sperm that found the egg. There's, there's all kinds of improbable shit that happens all the time. So so I'm stuck on so what? I, I, and I, I wanna, I'm going to give you one more chance to get us past so cool. what? And then if, if we can't get there, we're going to have to move on to other callers. Okay,
2: okay the chance of, of winning the lottery is like one in 300 million, but 300 million people play. So it's one to one. Sooner or later, somebody's going to win. This is the very first verse of the most read book in the Bible that matches 100 patterns, and they're all over universal constants.
5: Okay, so you're not substantiating any patterns not, at all. All not, you're saying right. is that there are patterns, and you've figured those out. To me, it just sounds arbitrary because I'd actually have to need to see, to see the look or, or need to look to see your, um, how you actually calculated the, the, pro, the figures in the first place. And the New Testament uh, isn't in Hebrew either. Well, that was the second thing I was going to the, say.
4: There's there's, know, s- there's s- so but. much. There's there's, there's like layers on layers of why this makes no sense, Alvin. So, you, I mean, if we go from something improbable appears to have happened based on how you're interpreting the data here, okay? So what? Improbable things happen all the time.
2: But I've done the math. It's like one in it actually between Genesis 1-1 and fulfilled prophecies, it's the same Level as the the fine tuning of the universe for life. So, one so, so what ten so what, so what? one hundred twenty three. Okay, look so what uh, so what that's
5: this, this. Hold on, hold on, real fast, real fast, real fast. Okay, scientists it, know. Stop, stop, real fast, real fast, real science... fast. It's real fast, real fast. You say it's the same as like the calculations of the constants of the universe, right? The, my, my I have several problems with it, okay because when we talk about the constants. I don't know that when we use something like the mass of a neutrino being in like kilograms or whatever that we're not making a mistake of measurement from the offset. So I don't know what that means. I'll let I'll set that to the side. Uh, and typically the, the analogy that I give there is like, it could be the case that we measure LeBron James in like, uh, let's say light years, right? And he's 10 times 46 <laughs> to the light years in height. And we could say if he was 10 times 47 to the light years in height or 10 times to the negative 45 light years in height, he couldn't play in the NBA. And he, we would be right because... Those figures are the difference between a 60 foot lumberjack and a six inch tall LeBron James. Right. But what we could do is say in a fluctuation of inches, a more precise, accurate, uh, accurate measurement of the constants. We could go, OK, it's just the case that if we measure in inches and we say there's a five percent difference in LeBron James's height in inches. Not only would he still play in the NBA, he'd still probably be one of the best. Right. So it doesn't analogously. I don't know what the the constants you refer to are because it just seems to be arbitrary and then secondly when you talk about the the calculations i don't know that your calculations are even uh precise or not just begging the question for the conclusion that you want in the first place.
4: nothing about this speaks in any way there's there's no way to, to to link what you're saying to the idea that the bible is anything other than just like any other book um, and you can, you can play with numbers all day long. We could, we could, we could do it with LeBron. We could talk about, you know, well, LeBron is, you know, like six foot eight, but his number is 23 and two plus three is five. And if you have five times this, and, I mean, you can, you can drive yourself nuts with numbers playing all kinds of stupid games. It does, you're not proving anything, man. And you don't seem to understand that, so I we're gonna have to move on to other callers because
5: we are not gonna get past the well, so what. My, yeah, exactly. Point. My question is like, I don't know where the line is drawn on the conspiracies that you don't accept on, in virtue of numerology, but the ones that you yeah. do accept in virtue of the confirmation you bias you bias you have with the Bible. I'm not convinced that that you're serious with that claim, yeah. and if you are, I would analyze the claim. But well, yeah, well, I think we should move on. Things. Yeah, it's a
4: bummer. Uh I'm gonna move on. We got Mr. Warlight back. So let's bring him up to the front of the line here. Uh Mr. Warlight, I, I forget where we were in the in the call. You were talking about agnosticism, you're talking about spirituality. We were having a hard time nailing down what spirituality is. Um let's let's try to pick this back up, my friend.
1: Yeah. Um, I was giving my uh, definition of spirituality, which? which I believe to be the quality of Anything related to soul or spirit? Um, why would Did, okay. I? Why is it anything? But I accept the soul. <laughs> yeah, that's spirit? that's
4: not a super useful uh, definition. Um, like, uh, it's it,
1: not a super it, useful definition. Come on, guys.
6: Hey, it,
4: no. it, it's like if it's like if somebody asked me because now you got LeBron in my head, Mike. If it was like someone asked me, well, "What is basketball?" and I was like, "Well, you know, it's a game that has the quality of basketballness."
1: You're playing. You're playing, dude. That applies to any definition ever. Nothing's
5: concrete. Yeah, but if you can't actually – look, if your your explanation – look, Warlight, Warlight, if your your explanation involves things that we don't – we can't even presume is a candidate explanation like a soul or spirits, like I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm not going to just go, yeah, you know what? That that checks out. Let's move on and go to the next thing because I grant souls and spirits. No, it's the same problem. You still haven't substantiated something. Why am I going to – if we have an issue about spirituality not being substantiated in the first place, why am I going to let your analytic definition – be something that's also not uh substantiated doesn't make any sense i know what spirituality is i was a spiritualist this is my background this is what i came out of there's
4: there's a distinction between semantics and just trying to get on the same page with definitions man so i mean what it says for the call screening software here is that your claim is spirituality is more rational than atheism slash religion so uh, out of the gate, I'm I'm super confused by what you're talking about. So if, if we're if you're saying that spirituality is s- something that engages with the spirit or souls, then you've you've you're, you've still got all your work ahead of you to establish that spirits and souls are are a thing. So maybe maybe that's where we should start. Maybe hey, the, the initial claim is uh, a yeah, the I'm soul not, is a thing. Okay, okay,
1: spirits or souls are a thing is, is what you're saying, right?
4: Well, I, I'm asking you what you're saying
1: okay i'm saying there's nothing that just proves anything solar spiritual related supernatural there's nothing that just proves that therefore agnosticism is the most rational stance on that we can assume we can say we don't know and then okay so an atheist but but we can also say hey but i don't really know and so atheism we can't really say that's the most rational stance
5: Warlight, war okay. there's a leprechaun in my car right now, and you can't prove that I don't have a leprechaun in my car, but you'd probably be reasonable to say that there's not a fucking leprechaun in my car, right? I can say – I don't know if there's a leprechaun in your car. I can say yeah, – But based on the deal, reality that we share and the fact that you don't experience leprechauns, you would probably, you'd probably say it's reasonable that I don't actually have a leprechaun in your car. Why? Because there's not an implicit or empirical basis for leprechauns, correct?
6: This thing is
1: midget is the color green, real or the green clothes is gold, real. Can there be a little midget
4: that broke into your car? Uh, the you know, you should do, know. you know, you should do, you know, you should do is uh, is just like answer Mike's question <laughs> instead, of, instead of going off on some other tangent, man. I mean, so like, if say, say we were saying something like it is more, I mean, you're talking about what's more rational. So if, if I was saying like it's more reasonable to believe that we can interact with. <laughs> zeus then that we can't okay um and i was to take the position and say well you can't prove that zeus isn't real therefore i'm justified in in my conclusion do you see what a mess this is logically
1: no no you're saying that you're just be- your belief in zeus i'm saying i'm justified my both be- in my non-belief in zeus or my non-belief that there isn't a zeus therefore you know i believe in as above so below nothing really exists you know we're just all manifestations of atoms and Stuff that is here, but we can't explain why. What are
4: you talking about? You're all over the map, man. I mean this this call. I mean this is like <laughs> this is like watching laundry yeah. in the in the dryer when there's no like static cling sheet and stuff's like sticking together and then going apart. And it's like like like, like what are you talking about,
1: dude? Yeah, why are you gotta throw insults at me, man? Why are you gotta throw insults
4: at hey, me? Look, Come
1: look, on
5: man. look, look. There's I'm there's, not throwing
4: insults at you. I'm not throwing insults at you. I'm specifically asking you, what are you talking about? We need yeah, like a thesis. Any, yeah, you
5: haven't even the, put anything on the table for us to analyze. What i'm talking about,
1: you, you're the leprechaun analogy. So my, what I'm talking about is, okay, a Gnosticism says we do not know if there's a God. We do not know if there's a, if there's not a God. There is a
4: God, right? But we can't prove either one. Therefore, Gnosticism is the rational sense. Let me ask you this. If, if, if you don't know if there's a God or not, do you believe in a God?
6: No. So,
4: so would, would that, would that just hypothetically, would a person who doesn't believe in a God be an atheist?
1: Um, an atheist says there is no God. So they believe that that is
5: God. not accurate. Yeah. Look, maj- look, Man, what is like, it not look, 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 so words are words, 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 mean, ha- words are mean, not prescriptive. This is, no, this is a, look, this is just a simple, um, lesson on how language works. Okay. Pre- language is not prescriptive. It doesn't make prescriptions on how we ought to use a word. It's descriptive. And do you know how it changes? It changes in virtue of ad populum, how people use the word over time and the majority of people that use it. Guess what? The majority of people use atheist to mean that they do not accept that a God exists. And People yeah. can say that there's a change in the definition and that's a problem. They would go against any linguistic principle that it's descriptive and they would be arguing in favor of a prescriptive use of language, which is what a lot of people do. I like to get into philosophy and there's times where it's like I, I kind of understand why people want to use the no God definition. But every time I back out of it, it doesn't seem like anyone holds a consistent position, especially when we talk about agnosticism, which deals with knowledge. OK, right. If I have a position about agnosticism that deals with knowledge, I can apply that to whether or not I'm a theist or an atheist. So for you to exclude that and put it as its own category to me doesn't make any sense in virtue of what we've actually come to a definition on in, in terms of uh, knowledge as opposed to a state of belief. Now you can disagree with that and I will accept that because language is not prescriptive. But what I'm more interested in is what you mean, right? And we won't get anywhere if you can't tell me if you can't tell me anything tangible about the spiritual thing that you potentially believe in, and you can't even analytically lay it right. down to me in, in things that are rooted in reality, then I'm I'm justified in not accepting it, right? And then if you present things that are contradictory, I'm even justified in saying it doesn't exist. So it's going to be analytically defined on what you give me if you give me something that's incoherent or contradictory, then it doesn't exist. And everything in this call
4: call is framed around the question of what is more rational. So you've put stuff on the table about souls and spirits. You've sort of misused agnosticism as if it's some sort of like mutually exclusive category that's separate from atheism, which it isn't. Um, And you've still got all of your work ahead of you to demonstrate what's what's more rational about all the soul and spirit shit.
1: You know what a soul and a spirit is. Spirituality pertains to that. No, um, I don't know really what a soul is because it. it has
5: no basis um, in reality. Think, don't, I'm not going to let you say you know hey, what a well, on, soul is. Just, when hey, I don't hold a justified true belief on hey, what a soul is. Just tell
4: us what a soul is, man. Oh,
1: hey, when I say um, when I say we cannot just prove spirituality, I'm saying we cannot just prove the existence of souls and spirits. You what's
0: a soul? What's a soul?
1: What's a soul? Spirit is right, so you know what I'm So stop pretending what's like a soul not giving the right definition. Oh, hold, on, no, 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 hold on, hold on, hey, hold on. Wait,
5: wait, wait, wait. Hey. I, I, I really want him to do this. What is a soul? An unfalsifiable pr- proposition is what he's giving. That's Maybe
4: I don't know. Maybe he's about to blow my mind. What's a soul?
5: A soul is basically
1: your yourself. Like it's what it's yourself, but it's like in another realm of existence, like in another verse. Like it, you know we have this universe, we have parallel universes. A soul is you, but what can, it's we, fal- true can true? we
5: falsify it's it? The same spirit,
4: yeah. Can we falsify right. what you're so saying? There's some, is, there's some essence of me that exists on some
5: other plane. So now Mike's question is is the perfect follow-up. Because this really matters when you yeah. talk about we can't know X or Y to not be true. If what you present in the first place is unfalsifiable, you've disguised this whole entire thing as a thing we can't know to be true or not because it's unfalsifiable.
1: No, um, it's not unfalsifiable. There is a possibility that there are
4: um, parallel universes. That's okay possible. so demonstrate okay so so if, if we accept that that there is a possibility that there are you know alternate universe or there's some sort of multiverse or whatever okay now now go ahead and demonstrate why i should believe that there is some me essence of me that exists on these other planes go for it
1: okay i would say that we can not just prove it therefore you shouldn't believe it
4: wait wait i didn't understand that say it one more time
1: mm. oh oh they want me to say something that i'm not truly arguing about so they can just, I'm
4: just all I've done is ask you to repeat yourself. all I've done is ask you to repeat yourself.
1: Well, I'm not saying you should believe anything. I'm saying you shouldn't believe anything. They're so like, I
4: shouldn't believe, believe that souls
1: exist. You can, believe, you can believe in gravity, yeah, cause that's proven. you can believe. We're not
4: talking about gravity. We're talking about souls. So so I shouldn't believe that <laughs> souls exist.
1: I don't think souls exist. I think I think they have just proven it. they they possibly can. you know, so I think the okay, most so rational it, position is, we don't know
4: if they're souls, and so what's, what's?
1: Why are we arguing office? for a
5: position that you're that you're conceding? We don't know. This is a waste because of
4: time. because Mike, this caller is a troll, and I'm gonna drop the call.
5: Yeah, this is a yeah. this is an entire waste of time. We don't um, know. Okay, cool. Then we de- we literally debunked everything that you came in here to talk about. Cool. That was
4: like I like I feel dumber now.
5: <laughs> My thing is like if you're gonna prop up some some definition of something. And positive. Nah, he's like just, something he's, he's that just exists in reality and it's unfalsifiable. Yeah. We can't know or not know <laughs> that, guy, cool. that guy, that guy, that wasn't a
4: serious guy. So sorry to the audience for, for wasting 10 minutes on that bullshit, but we do have more theists on the line. So we're going to keep rolling those dice. Maybe I'll get snake eyes again. Maybe not. We've got Apollos, Apoyos. maybe. I don't know. Uh, oh, hi, <laughs> calling uh, from Texas. Is it Apoyos? Apollos. 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 Sorry about that. Uh, thinks crazy. there is a, it, I gotcha. Thinks there is, I saw Texas, so I don't know if it could be a Poyos. You could be like, you know, <laughs> yeah. the chickens or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> he thinks there is a different standard being used by atheists to dismiss Brandon Evatt arguments and Jesus's resurrection. Let's, let's dive yeah, in. My man. So,
0: yeah. So um, that actually, well, I actually have a lot of um, things I want to talk about concerning. Um, it's mostly uh, the different, Um, arguments I see popping up over on the other side, um, I'm not necessarily here to give like a full case for my Mm. side, but necessary, but just more so to talk about the arguments that I see popping up, like individual arguments. Um, and one of them happened to be, uh, the discontinuity between the argument from reason and, uh, Jesus' resurrection, which I will explain here in a bit, but in any case, um, yeah, so the guy at the front line uh, asked me to like uh, pick uh, one of my quote-unquote favorite arguments, but um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: he asked me that I don't um, mention anyone specific, but I will be uh, focusing on... Um, well, let's not even say that. Let's just focus on the arguments. Um, let's. Let's start off with this.
4: Yeah, sorry? I said let's. Focus on the arguments.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's start off with um, I put the discontinuity between...
4: Um, uh, can you, can you remind me what I put down again? Sorry. Okay. So yeah. And, and actually let me, let me plant a flag here. So it says you think there's a different standard being used by atheists to dismiss brain and a vat arguments and Jesus's resurrection. So I can tell you, I'll speak for myself and Michael dive in speak for, for himself as well. Um, so my standard is this, uh, I think there's a lot of evidence to indicate that here in reality, I am not a brain and a vat, and I don't have any evidence in support of the, I'm a brain and a vat claim. So That's why I would dismiss a Brandon that argument by the exact same process. I would look at Jesus resurrecting and say, I don't think that I have any reason to believe that the claim Jesus resurrected is true. Um, I have a lot of reasons to think that it's false. So it's the same thing. It's just, what do I have evidence for? What do I not have evidence
5: for? That's it. Yeah. There's implicit and empirical basis of what I'm experiencing, um, whether I can claim that this is what I'm actually experiencing I don't really have a say. I'm dealt with what is in the confines. And if it's we're a brain in a vat in the first place, we talk about Jesus. uh, We're dealing within the confines of the reality we we find ourselves in. And there is no implicit or empirical basis for men dying and raising from the dead, nor is there an logical entailment that if someone died and raised from the dead, that they are the son of God and that Christianity is true. That doesn't logically follow. Yeah. Even if I was a brain in a vat, I wouldn't have any reason to think I was. Cause I'm, we, operating yeah, reality. yeah, that would,
4: sorry. Can
0: I, oh, okay. Uh,
4: it's all you man. Go for it.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's, that's fine. Like a lack of evidence would be a different argument, but, uh, this was, and it was hard to get, put this one down on paper when I was trying to describe it to uh, whoever was at the front desk, but just, basically just what I was trying to say yeah, was
4: just dive in. Huh? I, just go yeah. ahead and give the argument. So, just dive in.
0: Yeah. So, uh, this person brings up this idea of Doyle's fallacy the idea Mm -hmm. that um, we have to and please correct me if this is if there's a more accurate way of defining this. Mm -hmm. But it's the idea that um, that we it's fallacious to say that uh, we can assume that this is the truth, this remaining possibility um, if we have eliminated all the rest of the things we can think of. Does that sound about accurate?
4: Yeah. Let me let me just restate it really quickly. So um, It's called Doyle's fallacy because of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle being the guy who wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories. And the idea in the Sherlock Holmes stories is that he's the world's greatest detective and that through his like super deductive reasoning capabilities, that once he's eliminated all of the other possibilities for, you know, who committed the crime, that whatever is left remaining, no matter how improbable, must necessarily be the truth. Um, and it works in the stories, but it doesn't work in real life because you can never know that you've eliminated all the other possibilities.
5: Yeah. It's, I think it's an abductive fallacy to, ass- right. to assume what's most likely right without presuming other possibilities that would be yeah. in that case, which is what most theistic arguments are, or what's most likely or what best yeah. explains. And, and it's a
4: shame. It's a shame Matt's not here because yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure, I'm pretty sure Matt's the guy who came up with, like actually termed it this, um, Okay, I could be wrong about that, but if not, then we're just going to give the credit to Matt anyway. So,
0: okay. Well, for what it's worth, uh, I did hear it from him, but um, I did too. Uh, in any so case, let's um, keep going. Yeah. Um, regarding wouldn't, but however, um, wouldn't we be in this case? We the the atheists would be telling us to dismiss uh, unaccounted, unseen possibilities. Um, in the case of Jesus' resurrection, it would be like enter quote-unquote, any naturalistic hypothesis.
5: They
4: don't necessarily how you, have How would you know what an unknown or unseen possibility a, even was? Yeah, You know, I they're unknown and an, unseen.
5: Yeah, I just have an issue with that. The fact is, is that the okay. only thing we know about Jesus resurrecting is in virtue of a claim. That's it. And so, like, yeah. do you want to apply the type of reasoning to any imaginary claim we can make? To me, it's that you just have to substantiate well, the claim. But not even that. The problem that I have is that even if we substantiate the fact that Jesus re- resurrected now I know theists for some reason like cringe at this, but even if we establish the fact there's y- if you can point out the logical contradiction and aliens raising Jesus from the dead, um, if you can point out that that's a logical contradiction, I'm on board, but if you can't, then it could logically follow that aliens could have done that. And then therefore it does not logically follow that. God is the best explanation because if you can't identify the contradiction in ulterior, uh, explanations that underdetermine the claim of the Christian, then I can underdetermine it as much as I want.
2: Well, and, yeah, and so there and are to, a lot of
5: um, sorry. Go, go ahead. No, go ahead, please.
0: Okay, yeah. So there were two things over there. One of them was the idea that um we were clarifying about Doyle's fallacy being like um well, yeah, we were clarifying Doyle's fallacy and then we we're also clarifying um the cause of Jesus' resurrection. Um well, this would be a separate argument I actually do have uh, regarding the specific cause. But um,
5: yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm more in favor someone. to grant you everything that you want, right? Like I'm more in line to go minimal facts, Jesus resurrected. Let's start there because it, there's no logical entailment that it should be that the Christian worldview is true. That doesn't that doesn't logically follow from my perspective.
0: OK, well, um, though, uh, where was I? I was you know, I, I'm, I'm just
4: I'm wondering yeah, I'm if because I mean, we are a little bit short on time and okay what, yeah. what i'm wondering is this do, is it your position that the biblical accounts related to the resurrection of jesus are true uh, what do you mean by that by a hundred percent accurate i actually
0: hold a non-orthodox position by saying no are,
4: are you convinced that jesus resurrected from the dead yes okay uh just just make the case why why would anybody believe that or why should anybody uh, believe
0: well that? Well, I'm not prepared to give an argument for that,
4: that whole, I mean, that's a long argument, but, um, uh, well, I mean, you're convinced, um, right? So, so like what, what, why are you convinced that that's the case is all I'm asking you.
0: You know, like like
4: you guys have heard of the minimal facts. Um,
0: yeah, I granted every one of
5: them.
0: Um, I figure that it's more
5: likely than not. It's more, so it's more likely that there's, that we can use an explanation, of a supernatural reason rather than terrestrial life that we know exists that we've seen go to other planets that have built technology to go to other planets right that's to me to you more likely because to me I don't see how, how you in virtue of an unestablished criterion for the supernatural is more likely than any other thing we could yeah. posit as a natural know, yeah. explanation because it seems and that to me applies that to any me. supernatural claim exactly it seems if we list these out in like an excel spreadsheet you got like natural potential reasons and supernatural i could go add infinitum on natural and you couldn't give me a single data point of a supernatural event to me that's damning for the position i don't know how i don't know how anybody holds the position i would run. actually
0: say that it would actually be it would actually make something virtuous as supernatural. The fact that it, it hasn't been it, established it, is virtuous. Well, yeah, because then it is supernatural. It's not
5: natural then. So so it's more virtuous to go with something that hasn't been established. Me and you have you have a very friend. No, no, well, 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 not
0: Well, not but not that it hasn't been established. Well, I mean, like this would be ideally the case. It is established. I mean, we come to like a very unique. A, <laughs> all the time, very unique events all the time.
4: Okay, but, let right, me, but we have okay, unique policy. events that have never, ever, ever, ever been demonstrated to be supernatural. Every right. single time in the, in the history of humanity that we've gained a deeper understanding of an event, it has never once been, oh, it was supernatural, ever. I'm not
0: sure if we're being... Um, well, I, I wanted to focus more on these other arguments in any case, but I, I will say that I'm not so sure we can cor- correctly evaluate... That based on this cat, this vague category
5: of, uh, uh but but uh, what do you have to offer other than the claim in the Bible that the Jesus that, that Jesus resurrected, right? Like you don't have anything of substance at all, nothing. You have a claim in a book, a book. Well, essentially, it's a book says a thing. Yeah, That's a it. That's your thing. your starting point is a book says a thing. There's no substantiated fact of anything supernatural in any other domain of any other religion or any other belief. We don't have that. We've none of that. So, for you to appeal as a virtuous explanation of something we have not established is the most fringe view you could ever have of virtuous explanation.
4: Yeah, if you can't if you no. can't bring to the well, table some some way of demonstrating that the supernatural is a thing in the first place, then I don't know why you would feel like okay about appealing to it. That would just feel so dishonest to me.
0: Like I've written papers on the subject, but like I'm not like I said, I'm not fully prepared to give like a whole you know demonstration on this talk just yet but if you, but if if you believe
5: it to be true and you base yeah. your life around it and yes. you're telling me i, mean, I believe you, want you want can't provide something then i'm uh, i'm somebody who's never believed I'm in jesus or god i don't know how that works i'm i'm baffled to know that any person could go, I'm super convinced of these things and certain entailments about that means that I defend slavery in some cases, and I'm not saying this about you, but this is the case for, for a lot of Christians, or that I can condemn gay people or trans people or do any of these things, but then when when pressed, when actually pressed, they're like, well, I couldn't give you anything. Then why the fuck do you believe it? I'm don't. I, I I'm not being trying to be rude to you, but it blows my mind that almost every conversation I have with people, it backs up into this, I can't really give it to you. If I believe in anything, anything at all, well, I can substantiate the reason for why I believe in it or at least well, provide to be, something.
0: To be all quite to be quite honest, it was I'm just nervous. Like No,
5: look, I'm not
4: trying well, to take and away from you. Yeah, yeah, that's why that's why I was trying to like simplify it to just be like why do you believe the resurrection happened? And we could do this with any supernatural claim in the Bible, okay? We could do it with any claim period in the Bible and just go okay, why do we believe things are true? You know? And and if you can't give a reason,
0: the, I mean, I, I don't know. Just not just not under these circumstances. Uh, at least for okay. this specific claim. I mean, I can later, but like.
5: And, okay, let me just ask you. And and I appreciate. And for you saying, like, look, I'm nervous. Appreciate yeah. that. My, my apologies if I if I went overboard. But if you can't provide independent attestation for why you believe, then why do you believe? Because I can do it during other times. But so so you have independent attestation you can provide to me then.
4: It, it, like well it's weird to, just, it's a little me, odd to like,
5: first of all i wanted to, i wanted to talk about other things though but like
0: we we pushed me all the way to talking about um proving that jesus resurrected when i wanted to talk about a doyle's fallacy all
4: right yeah. we, okay let's let's let okay then let, i'll tell you what in the interest of just being a, a freaking sweetheart let's let's really quickly we'll do the doyle's fallacy thing and then we're going to wrap up the show so lay it out man
0: okay so the argument from reason um and i agree i agree that it's better to say that we can't be a hundred percent certain we're not a brain in the vat right we can't dismiss we can't have absolute certainty we can't dismiss that remote naturalistic explanation um doyle's fallacy is basically the is making the argument that you can't um you can't uh you can't make the argument that this Specific explanation is probable because you haven't, you're assuming that you've eliminated eliminated all the other events. Um, now, first off, uh, those don't like show up like in terms of like good evidence. Um, so, in terms of like us coming to the best explanation of what our reality is, on one hand, we have our brain in the vat and we say, well, we probably aren't a brain in the vat. Or we have no good reason to believe we're a brain in the vat. And although that's a possibility, um, we, we don't necessarily uh, we, we count that as unlikely. We don't necessarily factor it into our equation. Whereas with Jesus' resurrection, um, um, it's almost like saying we have to like, like disprove like, unseen naturalistic hypotheses that haven't even been thought of. I mean, that's no, the way it's it is, called is that
4: you you, you, can't, you can't come to a conclusion. You can't say, we know what's going on here with any degree of certainty. When, I mean, if, if you haven't, okay with, with the Sherlock Holmes thing, right? It works in the stories because it, it's written that way. But in, in real life, okay, if you're trying to to make some sort of statement about the nature of reality, about the cause of an event, and, and you don't know what the possibilities even are, then, then how are you gonna ever know if you've come to the right conclusion?
0: We don't have 100% certainty, but- it's I'm not like, talking
4: about 100% certainty. I'm not talking about 100% certainty. Let's just go with knowledge. Yeah. How can you have a justified true belief about any of this stuff?
0: Because they're the only ones that have ever risen up to, well, scrutiny or reality or possibility or the hypothesis table, if, if that makes any sense.
4: Well, I'm not sure it does because I'm not aware of any claims in support of the resurrection of Jesus that, that hold up to any scrutiny. I mean, we do, we still, we're, we're stuck with the books as a thing. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's fine. That would be, yeah, that's fine. But that, but regarding regarding this point of Doyle's fallacy, I okay. mean, or yeah, Doyle's fallacy. Um, can we grant that this is a different standard being applied when it comes to the argument from reason and Doyle's fallacy?
4: I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I understand what you mean by the argument. Uh, Oh, it's, oh, the brain in the vat. Oh, the brain in a vat thing. Okay. Um, okay. If I'm assessing the evidence for a claim, like I am a brain in a vat, okay, if we're talking about the question of belief, we're talking about things like knowledge, all right, again, I'm just going right back to the beginning of the call. I, I don't have any reason to think that the claim I'm a brain in a vat is true. So, yeah. you know, I, but I'm not I'm not coming to the conclusion saying I am definitively not a brain in a vat. Yeah. I'm saying I don't have any reason to think that's the case. I have lots of reasons to think that I'm not a brain in a vet. So I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I am not guilty definitively, you know, with any degree of certainty. I don't, I, don't, I mean, I don't even think that like certainty in the way that I think we're talking about is, is possible. So I, I'm not sure how Doyle's fallacy applies to the brain and a vat thing. If we're just talking about what's reasonable to believe.
0: Doyle's fallacy would quote unquote apply because you're not sure if you there's, if you're like, I mean... Like if there's another explanation that would demote another realm of reality. I'm maybe,
4: sorry. Maybe there uh, is. Maybe there is. Do, I, do I have any reason to think that's the case? No, I'm, I'm over here. I'm withholding judgment here, man. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not making claims of certainty with respect to whether or not I'm a brain and a vet. I'm saying I, I'm limited to what my senses tell me. You know, I, I appear to exist here in reality. All I can do is engage with this reality that I find myself in as far as I know. I don't have any reason to think that I'm a brain and a vet. Or in any other like say, state of like suspended animation somewhere, it, it appears to be the case that I'm here in reality, and that's that's it that's where the claim ends
0: mm mm-hmm.
4: good so i'm, I'm not okay. I'm not ruling out other okay. possibilities that I could be unaware of
0: yeah, so thanks for that um, regarding jesus' resurrection um if we haven't thought of any naturalistic explanation that can account for the data, and maybe we have but and let's just say for example that we haven't um wouldn't it be the case then by process of elimination, not elimination, like in the hundred percent sense?
5: Yeah. How do we but, have a process of elimination where the supernatural is now warranted when we don't have, when we've never warranted it? Why is it now warranted now? And and it's let's just be really
4: honest. Let's be honest about what we're talking about with respect to data here. We've got a book says a thing. That's our data.
0: Well, well, I, I would have to disagree about that, but how, and, and, uh, hold on, hold on, no, no hold on.
5: I, I got to stop you there. How are you going to disagree with that? Kenneth yeah. made a point. The book says a thing, right? I can hand you a biology book, and the book says a thing, right? It Can say uh, allele frequencies change over time in a population? That's maybe, evolution. It can say maybe that. Maybe it yeah. can say that thing. What's different about that thing being said is there's independent attestation. Right. When we go and look at a population and we see, oh, hey, allele frequencies change over time in a population. There's an independent reason outside of the claims of the book. That is th- that's the task that's before you because if you just have the book like anybody can write anything you're now you're now committed to like a murder writing and writing in a diary that i didn't murder the person therefore it's yeah, and true it's, there's well, no it's evidence
4: simple there. What, what is there outside of the bible that confirms the the resurrection
0: well well okay so you've you've got Tacitus, josephus Pliny the younger and stuff like that but in any case uh regarding what do they
4: what do they say about the resurrection what what is the what is the most favorable thing that any of those sources that none of which are contemporary with Jesus. What what, what are those sources? What's the, the most favorable thing? You'll find sources that say his followers believed that he was oh, the Messiah. Which
5: was, was Polini the Younger, and that's right. an address to an emperor. He doesn't say anything that, oh, hey, this is the thing that bothers me about- when You're not going to find anything that. about yeah. resurrection in that stuff. Yeah, when you talk about Polini the Younger, he's giving like a letter to an emperor, from my understanding, deal, talking about how to deal with Christians at the time. It's not like, oh, hey, here's this- yeah. I watch Jesus resurrect. So let's, let's just be honest about this. What what do we have outside of a book says a thing for the resurrection?
0: Well, no, 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 like I'm, I'm not objecting to the ultimate fact that it's contained within book form and you have a claim right there. I'm just, I'm just contesting the, uh, colloquial use of the term that kind of carries a lot of baggage with it. You know, like it's almost as if to say that, um, some dude decides to write it like in the middle of nowhere,
5: and like it's not—it's not, it's not about—it's not about that what the circumstances are about no. why it was written, right? It's just the fact that all you have is what is written about a claim. It's just a claim. It doesn't have anything independent okay. of no, attestation, no, that's, that's right? Fine. Which, which by the way, there's that's a there's a there's, there's a there's a Apollo. There's a worse issue. There's an even worse issue, and it has. in uh, there's this, an S at the
0: end.
5: Well, there's there's a worse issue about interpretation, right? What you read about the Bible and you interpret. You can't start from the fact alone that we should take it literally or metaphorically or what this verse means, what that verse means. You, there's, there's another issue of something you haven't independently justified, which is how do you know that the interpretation at which you take reading about God's utterances actually align with his intentions and desires? Now, everybody does this from their own assumed interpretive principle. So most atheists just grant this, but there's so many more problems than just is there independent attestation for the claim? It's is there independent attestation that your interpretive principle that you are even applying about the claim is even in line with God's divine utterances because Mike, how are you gonna do that to this mean, Man, well, I'm just saying, it, a speaker can mean yeah. anything, you, there's just a nest of problems that, not, yeah, whether we it's, like it's bad or enough, don't it's bad enough. You it, can't, there, there's nothing you can do to
4: prove the resurrection, there's nothing you can do. It's it, you've got a book says a thing, I, I and that is I, it. I, I and I'm here saying, and that then that to I, go and not. then to go to go even further, I mean, like, yeah, like we could we could spend all day breaking down the layers on layers on layers of why believing that the resurrection happened is, is, is problematic at best. Um, but yeah, man, I, you know, we're, we're, we're over time, but you know, I appreciate the call. Um, I, I would strongly urge you to, to think honestly and critically about whether you've got good reasons to believe something like the resurrection happened. Um, and, uh, hopefully you can see that there, there are not different evidentiary standards being used here. It's, it's, it's just all the same. We're just trying to follow the evidence where it goes. Um, but with, with that, we're going to, we're going to move on. Um, we are over time. Um, we are, we're not going to take, um, the the rest of the callers. I do want to say, uh, there was one person, an atheist on the line. We didn't get to because we got this influx of theist callers, uh, Brian in Connecticut, uh, having trouble arguing. You don't need church for morality was what, was what Brian was going to talk about. Uh, Brian, frankly, I, I, I would just direct you to look at the archives of ACA ACA content. Um, because there are a ton of, of resources out there, um, on, on various shows that we've done, various calls that have been taken, uh, talking about, you know, the, the basis of morality ways to, to, you know, justify having, having, you know, moral grounding without having to appeal to, uh, the church or, or religion. Um, but if, if that's not enough for you, call back next week and hopefully we can, we can get to you. Um, but yeah, that is, that is, that is going to be it for us today. J Mike, what do you have going on,
5: man? Um, some sleep in my future. That's for sure. Um, um, nice. yeah, I'm just going to relax. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to celebrate the 10,000 followers. Yeah. Um, going to figure yeah. out what's going on with my desk. And I apologize. Maybe if there was any additional noise, it might've come from me. I think I have a loose little screw in my well, keyboard. Thing. All, so I'm going to fix that as well. I'm gonna do some handiwork around the house and, uh, claim. It's handiwork. I think we've all it, got so. at least one
4: screw loose. I mean, let's, let's keep it real. Yeah. I a um, as we're, as we're on our way out the door, I want to just reiterate, if you're watching this video and you want to become a member, if you want to support what the ACA does, click that join button below the video. Um, find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash the atheist experience, uh, get involved in the Facebook communities. If you're so inclined, come catch us in discord in a few minutes. Can we, can we go one more look at the crew? Because we, we love these guys. We, the crew makes it happen, okay? Between our patrons, between our crew, all of you in the chat, all of you in the Facebook groups, everybody, uh, this community is an incredible place um, and uh, it's, it's a privilege to be a part of it. So with all that in mind, we will see you guys next week. Take care.
1: What will it take for you
3: to start-
1: It's time to get sexy, so watch Secular Sexuality Live Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central. Visit tiny.cc slash YTSS and call into the show at 512-991-9242 or connect to the show online at tiny.cc slash